You're listening to the Slumber Party Podcast with your host, Amanda Jusen, a mum of two girls, a child and infant sleep expert, and general sleep lover. If you're a tired parent who is desperate for answers or just someone who loves sleep, this podcast was created just for you. Each episode is packed full of tips and tricks to help you maintain your sanity as well as your social life during the early stages of parenthood. So grab your headphones, it's time to get comfy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Slumber Party Podcast. I'm Amanda Jusen. Today, I'm super excited about our expert guest. Um, I feel so connected to this topic. Uh, I invited Kelly Haller from the Tidy Rebel, Tidy Rebel to come and talk to us today. She teaches tired, overwhelmed women how to get organized both in their homes and in their lives to specifically prioritize rest and self-care. Sound familiar? My focus or her focus is on dispelling myths, BS rules, and limiting beliefs that have us on the hamster wheel of exhaustion. She's not about wasting time and energy on appearances, busy work, and the trendiest new solutions. She's about uncovering what got you there in the first place. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. It sounds like we both have the same focus, actually. Well, it's so, yeah, I feel like we're kind of, yeah. People who do any sort of work in this way, I feel always have their own backstory. And I've told mine a million times on this, which is like, sleep has always been a priority for me. And it's funny, like, thank God, because I I am a recovering busy person and I'm not anymore. I refuse to be. Um, But it sounds like And why I wanted to have you on for sure is like you might have been that person and it might have come out in different ways for you. Um, And I think I know for myself, tidiness, organization, neatness, I would not I would not classify myself as type A. I would not even classify. I I seem like I'm a type B plus. I can have type A (laughs) tendencies. But Uh I can also deal with a little bit of mess. I also can't catch a typo to save my life. I'm okay with like the gist and not like specifics. Do you know what I'm saying? But when it does come to tidiness and cleanliness, I I start to get itchy. And And so I'm interested in your experience with this idea of perfectionism and a clean house. And I just want to jump in. Tell me everything that you do. Okay. So it's so funny that you say that about being a type B plus, because I have the same experience is that I've never identified with type A. But when I, when I tell people what I do and when I work with people and when people come to my home, they just sort of assume that I'm a type A because I'm so tidy, Mm -hmm. but my neuroses doesn't really feed into anything else or a lot of other things. (laughs) It's just like, it was the thing that I found, um, control over when I was a kid was by making, you know, order from chaos in my environment. And so I, being organized just has always fit into my neurotic behavior. Like it's very self-satisfying, but I don't consider myself to be a type A in anything else. Um, so I've mm-hmm. kind of always been, I have people mislabel me as what? 
Sorry, I think there's a slight delay. I, I have ah. people who label me like, oh, you must be type A. And or just because I've always been someone who's so busy and productive mm-hmm. and I would get things done and you could rely on me. So in that yeah. way, that could happen. But I'm not like I, I can deal with um, things not being perfect. I mean, I, I'm not even trying to say that being type A is a bad thing. I just don't think yeah, I no. am. I'm open to be proven wrong. Yeah, totally. I agree. No, there's nothing wrong with it. I've just never really identified with all of the things that type A people typically are, um, except for maybe the perfectionism aspect. And I never thought I was a perfectionist until I stopped being a perfectionist. And then I was like, oh, that's what my problem was all of those years. <laughs> it was like I finally got off of the, the hamster wheel myself of trying to make everything appear perfect and kind of stopped caring about caring about the the way things looked. And I was like, oh, I was wasting so much energy for so many years just caring about how things appeared to other people, not really about what it did for me. So like growing up, mm-hmm. sort of finding, yeah. you know, control over my my environment by organizing was what I did. And that sort of like became a part of my identity and how other people saw me after a while. So by the time I became an adult, I was like, that's Kelly. She's the most organized person we know. So it was like, it was part of my persona and became part of my psyche. And so every job I've ever had has been like, I lead with, I'm the organized person. I'm going to organize. I'm going to get you so organized. It's going to be like, everything's going to be awesome. So I've always like done everything for everyone else because I don't think anybody else can do it as perfectly as I can do it, (laughs) which is a huge problem. Yep. I mean, in general, (laughs) obviously, it's a a great way to exhaust yourself to think that you're the only one who can do it the right way. But I never saw that in myself until, (laughs) you know, a lot of years of self-reflection later. And I also never saw in myself that so much of what I was doing, like in my own home and in my own life, was just so that other people um, saw this version of myself that I so like identified with as being Kelly, the organized person. So I like I kept up this appearance of being like, you know, mm-hmm. if you came, came into my home, I want it to be obvious to you that I'm super organized and super tidy. So like I couldn't ever let that facade down. Mm-hmm. So that perfectionism played out in that way. So yeah, it just became such a part of my persona and my psyche that um, what I didn't realize at the time, and it wasn't until, you know, many cycles of burnout later that it occurred to me that the whole reason that you want to be organized and tidy in the first place is for like specific benefits that it gets you, like to be less busy, to be less stressed Mm -hmm. when you're organized, to be more focused and have less distractions to uh, waste less time. Like all of the benefits that come from being organized, I wasn't getting any of them because I was spending so Mm. much wasting so much energy and time on uh, making it about appearances, like what it looked like to other people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's, that's so interesting. I think a big, um, 
part of my busyness was an inability to say no. And it's that I didn't want to let anyone else down because I had such a great reputation for having this incredible work ethic Uh and someone who could always like, oh yeah, we'll ask Amanda, she can do it. And then, and then you feel like a jerk for saying no, which perpetuates you saying yes. I remember, um, you know, I, I think I've talked about this. The apologies to anyone listening who's heard this at nauseum. But I remember having a session with my therapist, and um, this business was going off like gangbusters. It was crazy. I was making like more money there than I was teaching. But I felt um, I, I talked to my husband. I was going to leave in at the end of the year, and mm-hmm. I talked to my boss and blah blah. blah. And um, my therapist is like, "Why don't you just leave now? You're struggling." I was like, I can't. And she's like, why? And I was like, because I can't. It's like, but who benefits from this? And it's like, literally everyone but me. <laughs> everyone yeah, exactly. but me benefited I know. from that. And I felt like when I got down to that part, I was very conscious of, well, a few things happened in my life, but um, I became incredibly conscious of things that I was doing for other people that no longer served me. And there was a lot. It wasn't just working. It was like relationships and things. And then I, when I started saying no to them, like things started to get a lot better. Yeah. Oh, I can relate totally. I had a very similar experience. I never, I did not used to know how to say no. I had no boundaries. If someone asked me to do something, I I would like jump at the opportunity to prove how awesome I was at it because it was like, what an honor that you would ask me to do whatever, like plan your baby shower or, um, you know, chair this committee for you or volunteer for this, that, and the other thing. I was overcommitted. I always said yes, because, well, I had FOMO also. (laughs) I just had no boundaries and I um, was like the worst kind of people pleaser. And it was... I think when I was younger, like in my 20s, I just never really stopped to think about like what I wanted, like what what was I doing for myself and why was my identity so caught up in being all of these things to everybody else and how was it serving me? Like I, I just never stopped to examine any of that. It was just, you know, social conditioning as a young girl for me anyways was like you have to work so hard to prove your worth by your what you produce and how much people like you. Those are the things that I thought. And I just, um, it wasn't until I like Mm -hmm. burned out for the millionth time and was like dead to the world that I was like, okay, this is not working. I need to like do something completely different with my life so that I'm not perpetually on this cycle of burnout. It's just not sustainable. Yeah. And so when you're, when your clients come to you, um, what are they asking and, and what are you finding is the most, or sorry, what are they asking and what are, what are you sort of seeing on their behalf? Like, what are they really maybe asking for? Yeah, that's a great question. So pre-pandemic, uh, everything I ever did. So pre-pandemic, actually, this business didn't have a name or a business license. It wasn't until April of 2020, when people were all at home and stuck at home. And I was like, oh, this is like a big problem. People are stuck in their homes and they're stressed out by their homes. So (laughs) that's when I was like, I made it a legit business and changed my um, structure. But before that, everything I ever did was like people would have specific problems. Like, um, for instance, uh, 
a friend of mine, her the preschool that her kids went to, there they had this huge, massive storage area that was like kids' crafts and books and you know toys and things like that, and it was just everything was everywhere, and there was no system. So that's pretty typical even in people's homes. So I came in and I like, you know, put all of the things in similar categories and put them in containers so they weren't falling off the shelves, you know, simple solutions so that everything was easy to see and easily accessible. They knew what they had. They didn't have to waste time looking for things. There weren't things buried at the bottom of piles and it didn't take half the day to unearth, you know, the whatever specific craft items they were looking for. So that Mm -hmm. is pretty pretty much the typical request of anybody who has a disorganized house is that they're like I can't find things that I know I have I'm you know mm-hmm. I'm tripping over things when I'm getting things out of my closet every day like I'm literally hurting myself physically <laughs> yeah and, and uh, the biggest complaint is just being stressed out by the amount of clutter and that that's mm-hmm. usually the biggest thing is um like I have this specific area that has all this clutter and I don't know what to do with it and or I've tried all of these solutions and they're they've been great for a little while but none of them stick like why do I continue to revert back to this like state of chaos no matter what solution I find that seems like it's going to work so fast forward to the pandemic and everybody's at home and I was like well how how am I supposed to help people with their homes when I can't go in their homes you know, <laughs> so that was a dilemma for a little while. But what I realized is um, that what I love about this is actually not going into people's homes or businesses and doing it for them, because what people are actually looking for is to fig- is to actually figure out what their problem is, because mm-hmm. there are like a million solutions that will work to get you organized. But most of the time people start with the solution instead of examining what the actual problem is. Like, why are you disorganized? Why isn't this working for you? What, what are the beliefs that you have surrounding your relationship with your stuff that mm-hmm. got you here in the first place? And mm-hmm. me shifting my mindset to working with people to examine what their current behavior is that's perpetuating this disorganization made me realize that I actually don't want to go into people's homes anymore and organize things for them. I want to help them figure out how to fix it for themselves because that will keep them organized forever instead of just giving them a Band-Aid that is great for a while until they kind of go off the tracks and things get derailed and they don't know how to get back on it. I love that. So what are some of the common, I'm like so interested for myself. I'm trying to think like, I'm pretty good with my clutter. I mean, right now we just moved in, we moved in uh, August and our house is about to have a renovation. We had to wait a, a long time for a renovation, which means like we are in a state of half unpacked, um, uh, yeah. but that's, that is very not my style. Like I like to, we moved a lot as a kid. So going to a place and setting up and organizing is very important to me. Um, somehow 
I'm able to survive this. We have like all of our, our art and our painting, like in your background right now, it's so beautiful, but ours are all like against the wall in this one room. We have a totally yeah. empty room. We have the furniture for that room at the store in storage. Um, and hopefully by the end of June, uh, it'll all be together, but it does feel disorganized. It does feel chaotic. Um, what are some of the common things like why why are people what are some of the things that you're seeing in your clients like why are people kind of holding on to things what are some of the things that you're you're often unpacking there yeah so um i would say that there are probably three uh, three biggest reasons why people are either perpetually disorganized and they've never been able to get organized or they are like you where you're you're usually pretty organized but you've fallen off the wagon for you know an obvious reason is that you're in the middle of moving so the first thing is and this is usually true of people who are pe- perpetually disorganized is that they're not clear on what their goal is and what their mm-hmm. values are and how those values um inform what their goals are so mm-hmm. Thinking back to when I was a young, overworked, burnt out, super organized person, I didn't know what my goal was either. I was just organized for the sake of being organized. I didn't have Mm -hmm. like this bigger vision in mind that I wanted my home to be like a peaceful, foundational, like a place that I could go to rest and relax at the end of the day that didn't add to my stress. I didn't have any sort of a goal for what I was organizing for. So I think that is one of the biggest things is that people don't have a vision and they also maybe don't examine what their highest values are and how those values inform how they're setting goals. Like for instance, Mm -hmm. if you have a space where, like if you're a creative person and you have like a studio space, um, you might, your goal or your vision for the space might be to give you creative energy give you like a, Mm -hmm. some sort of a retreat from the stresses of everyday life where you can just go within and channel that creative energy and not have all the distractions of whatever, laundry, dishes, kids, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Like what, what do you, how do you want to feel in that space? What do you want to achieve in that space? What's the space for? Right. And yeah. I think most people just sort of like assume that like, yeah, living room is for sitting in and watching TV, like (laughs) super basic, right? Um, But you have to go further than that because otherwise you just end up sort of going through the motions every day of just living in your house and and being like perpetually maintaining and cleaning and tidying without having this bigger goal, which informs the decisions you make about solving your problems. So if maybe one of your problems in your living space is that there are always there's always laundry in that space and it stresses you out to have laundry where you're sitting and watching TV, whatever. Like you need to get clear on what your goal for the space is and then build your solutions around your vision and your goals. Well, it's funny that you say that because we, um, I find, uh, although I, I am an organized person, I find interior decorating or design incredibly overwhelming and exhausting. That's funny. That's what my background is. Oh, I just, I have a degree in interior design. (laughs) I 
it is so, and it, well, this is perfect because we, so we lived in Toronto, we bought that house, we renovated. So we kept being like, we bought this house and we were like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do this thing. We're going to do this thing. Or like, the, and we just never did it. We, we were so blocked by not having that goal, not having anything. So we, we yes. ended up hiring an interior designer who is wonderful. And she literally asked us that question. What is the goal of this room? What do you want to do in this room? How do you want to feel in this room? And, um, mm-hmm. she designed spaces that really, really worked um, so well. And then what happens is like, I think about our living room at the time, we wanted to be able to, um, um, host people and have people sit in that space, but we have children and we lived in a, a, a house in Toronto. So it's not like this big sprawling place. It's like a house in Toronto. It's not very big. So we need storage to put away all of our, our crap. And it's like, oh, you need someone to kind of walk you through that. Um, Side note, funny story, you would have hated me. We came here, we (laughs) bought this house. I, I was like, I would like furniture. And, and our designer in Toronto is very decisive because I think she was just very annoyed with how um, she wasn't annoyed. She was lovely. She's just like, okay, here are three choices. Make one. I'm like, I can make one choice out of three. Yeah, yeah, you can. Um, But our, uh, totally. And and our designer here is like, I really want this to be collaborative. I want you and I to choose it. And I was like, okay. So her and I go and we spend like two hours picking up the furniture for my living room. And I, I got into my car and I was like, oh, the fatigue I felt doing it was so overwhelming. I, I just like, it reminds me all the time that this is really an area that I think goes underappreciated in terms of like a need for your house. If of course it's a privilege to have an an interior designer and someone to help you, but it, it is so, if you can, and you're making these choices and you're spending the money and you're doing a renovation, these are answers that are so incredibly important. Yeah. Agreed. Well, the thing about interior design, that's actually very similar to organizing is that there's like a bigger vision involved. It's not just like picking things that you think look nice because that's not actually a solution for anything. It just looks nice. It might not actually Mm -hmm. be functional or work for the way that you use your space. And that's, Mm -hmm. that, that feeds right into the whole having a goal and a vision for the space. Cause I think part of not having a goal or a vision for your space, the problem with that is that most people start with the solution and they're like, oh, I want my mm-hmm. space to look like th- like X, Y, and Z. And so they go on Pinterest and they find this beautiful solution that doesn't address the way they live or what their problem mm-hmm. is, right? It just looks mm-hmm. nice, but it's not something mm-hmm. that they can just, like maintain order with. So, you know, there's this t- current trend. I won't name any names, but like, I love that. I love the company, but ever they put everything yes. in rainbow order, right? You've seen the trend. I have to, you have to tell me after because no. I'm not following, but it means that no, I'm just okay. not, I, I am not cool and hip. Like my well, feed is full of baby <laughs> things. So, the, okay. So the, I'm just going to say it. There's a Netflix series yeah. that, that, um, oh yes. Yeah. Showcases these two women yeah. 
professional organizers and they're awesome and I love them. Mm. It's like, it's like organization yes. porn for people like me who are super Ooh. neurotic about it. So, but their thing yeah. is that they put everything in rainbow order. So like, for instance, okay. in your bathroom, they take all your toiletries and it's like, it's organized by red, blue, green, you know, blah, blah. everything goes together with its color instead of like oh. what it's for, like what its function is. Right. Yeah. So like that would have not been an assumed organizational strategy. <laughs> it, it can work for you if that's the yeah. way your brain works. But the thing is, is it's super trendy right now. So people like are jumping on the wagon and like putting everything in their house, like their pantry, their linen closet, their bookshelves, uh, their sock drawer, like everything in order by rainbow, like the color the colors of the mm -hmm. rainbow. And that's not a solution. That's just like... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it looks cute. It does. I, I like it. <laughs> it's not going to solve your problems, though. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I think um, uh, I, I hate to bring up like, well, I'm sure you're familiar with Marie Kondo. Oh, yes. It sort of sounds like you guys have a similar sort of vibe. Like, why do we have this? Does it bring you joy? Which I think is another uh, word for saying like, what purpose does this have for you? Yes. What is the purpose for this? And it could be, you know, I really like it, but I think you said something so, um, true to me is that we buy the solution or we buy the thing, the, the, the last outcome. And that was, um, Brad and I's problem for five years in our house in Toronto is that we kept buying th these things that didn't go together or, like I bought this tomato, I was in like a antique store and I bought a tomato cookie jar and I love that tomato cookie jar and I could not make it work with our space as much as I tried, but I love the jar. The jar yeah. was lovely. It didn't yeah. fit in our house at all. And I feel like so many people probably do things like that. Oh, absolutely. That's one of the biggest things that, that like harkens back to what's your goal for the space and your vision. Just because you love something doesn't mean it has to be in your home. You can love it and then leave the shop without mm -hmm. it or wherever it is mm -hmm. that you see it. Like it's okay to love it and like feel that love for it and not own it <laughs> because you can't have everything in your home that you love. <laughs> like, But I want it. I know, right? <laughs> you have to think about like, does it fit in with how you want your life to be? Is it going to add value to your space or is it going to make you more stressed out because you have to rearrange everything and try to fit it in? You know, it's, it's yeah. uh, really examining the behaviors and the beliefs that you have for yeah. why you buy things or accept gifts from people or why you, why you bring new things into your home that you don't necessarily need. I love that. I love that. I feel, what do you do? What do you do about gifts? Like I'm not, I'm never, I will never bring anything but flowers to a new home and, and like some nice champagne, oh, yeah. but I'm not going to bring like a designer item, but I feel like that does happen. Like here are some candlesticks. What do you I do? I know. Yeah. Uh, so I personally will never give people <laughs> gifts of stuff either because, you know, yeah. I don't want them to feel like they have to keep it. But, um, if you get gifts from people, here's the thing you have to realize is that if someone gives you a gift, it is well-intentioned and they are, they want good things for you, right? This is given mm -hmm. with love and, or respect or whatever good intention they're giving it to you. And you can honor that gift and the intention with which it was given without keeping the thing, because that person wants good things for you. And if, 
you are stressed yeah. out by all of the crap that you are keeping because you feel guilty for giving them away, you're not actually honoring the intention of the gift that was given to you in the first place. You can still mm. appreciate the, that intention with which it was given and then let it mm -hmm. go. Like you don't have to announce mm -hmm. that to the person that you're getting rid of it. <laughs> Would you like to come over for a burning of your stuff ceremony? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, I mean, I, I, I feel we, we only have a few minutes le left. I like to keep this podcast to the time of a crab nap, as they say. Yeah. Um, so, so there's so my much more I can, can say actually... about that. Yeah, I know. Same here. Oh, and, and, and me I, too. I, I feel like if I'm getting through an hour podcast, um, it's because I've I've left my family for some reason for an extended period of time. <laughs> anyway, um, Kelly, where can people find out more about you? And it's wonderful. I'm in Canada. You're out in the, the U.S., but you don't need to come mm -hmm. into someone's home to, to help them. Right. So please tell us where we can find you. Yeah, so you can find me on my website, which is thetidyrebel.com. And you can get on my wait list for online classes, which again is awesome that you can live anywhere in the world and still join me for an online class. So thetidyrebel.com, you can get on the wait list. But if you don't want to wait until my next um, online workshop, I have an awesome digital guide for people that is specifically for sleep and rest. So if you go mm -hmm. to thetidyrebel.com slash energy, I have a digital guide that will take you like a half an hour to read that tells you about how to identify things in your home that are you wouldn't necessarily think about that are robbing you of energy and your ability to get deep restorative sleep. So sneaky things oh, in your like house that. that keep you more tired than you need to be. Yes, I love that. And I'll link that in the show notes as okay. well. I also have a special coupon code for your listeners. Ooh, what is it? If you put in uh, sleep, S-L-E-E-P, uh, in the coupon yeah. code field in the checkout, you'll get 50% off of that digital guide. Woo! Yeah. Thank you. That's amazing. That is so good. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Awesome. I feel like you're going to get a lot of calls from people being like, Please, and this is this is my next school, so stay tuned in a few months when our renovation is done. But uh, I, I feel like a, a big thing that I hear from my clients is the playroom. Um, it gives like people like it gives me anxiety. It's not my space. Um, for me, I can give that away because it isn't my space and it's out of sight, out of mind. It's downstairs. But stay yeah, tuned. But you have to visit that room sometimes. And that's the whole point of being organized is to take the anxiety and stress out of your home because there's enough of it outside of your home. Your home should be your haven where all that stuff is not allowed. Yeah. And I can just attest to this so much that when it does feel organized, it's a really, it's a really nice feeling. I'll see, I'll end with this. My daughter, so we did this like nice renovation. Everything was put away, blah, blah, blah. My kids are six and four and my four-year-old is like, mommy, mm -hmm. our other house was cleaner. <laughs> it's like, I know it's dirty in this house. It's not dirty. It's just disorganized. She's like, okay, well, TikTok. <laughs> Busted. I know. Yeah, even kids well, know it. Think, yep. They do and they feel it and God bless them yep. for being so honest. I know. Well, thank you so much for 
coming on here. It was a pleasure to speak with you. And you guys, well. if you are still tired, please head over to babiesbestsleep.com uh, for all of my vlogs. You're here, so you're listening to the podcast. Uh, Instagram.com slash babiesbestsleep is where I give you all the tips every day. Um, and as always, give us, uh, you can book a discovery call to have a chat with one of my team members or myself. Um, if you are still struggling and you are listening to this podcast at 3 a.m. because you should be asleep. Anyway, have a good one, everyone. See you later. Bye. Bye.